and welcome to Philly and the Over, a brand new Philadelphia-based sports gambling podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe Simonera. I'm joined by Shane Curran. Shane, tell us what's on tap for today. The Flyers, the Sixers, and the NBA Finals. All right, time to cash in. All right, Shane, a lot to cover tonight. But first, uh, let me ask you a question here. Are, what, what type of, of email manager are you? Do you have 9,000 emails that are unread? Do you clean the box uh, regularly? How, how, do you, how do you manage your emails? Okay, so I have my Gmail up right now, 9,777. <laughs> uh, however, my work email, I, I keep that down. All right, so I, I typically tend to keep both down. Um, however, so I, I have my Gmail up as well, and and... Right now, I have 24, uh, 24 emails, so I, I keep it pretty pretty tidy. Um, but one thing I was doing, so I'm going through and, and trying to just clean out as, as much as I can, stuff that are like large files and things like that. Um, and I came across, I guess, um, I, I guess that my Gmail email address is associated with my uh, Apple ID. So notes that I put in my phone were getting sent to my email account, if that, if that makes any sense. Okay. So I have a couple notes uh, from, let's see, May 8th of 2017, and they were show notes from our previous podcast. Now, I only yeah. have I only have literally one note and or for one from one episode. I don't know where all the rest are. I wish I could have found them. But I wanted to uh, I wanted to just <laughs> quickly go over a couple of the topics we talked about uh, from over six years ago. Um, give, me, give me the date of that one more time. It was it was May eighth, twenty seventeen, and we were uh, apparently recording it around uh, after ten o'clock <laughs> after ten o'clock at night, so a little different times. Um, all right, so the, the the there's there's really just two interesting things. So we had a change rate that that that's a segment we we carried over, and uh, and the first podcast was uh, not unsimilar to this, but you know a little less uh, less polished, but kind of the same uh, uh, same ideas. Um, so we, had, we did have a chain train and, uh, one of, one of the chain train topics or one of the questions was, um, and I, I, I assume this was sincere, um, said that New Orleans saints will be missing starting tackle Max Unger for the start of the season. The Eagles and saints have been in discussions about a Jason Kelsey for Mark Ingram trade. Would you do that trade chain? Oh my God. <laughs> I, I that, was, that was the story. Um, yeah, uh, Jason Kelsey from Mark Ingram, like six years ago, if you imagine. No, um, no, I can't. That would have been a terrible, terrible trade for the Eagles. I, another one I, I find, um, <laughs> this is so stupid. This is so dumb. All right. Uh, Tori Smith and his wife paid the adoption fees for 46 animals at a Baltimore animal shelter. I guess this was, he was probably with the Ravens. and maybe it was with the Eagles at this point. Uh, yeah, he probably was with the Eagles at this point. Um, anyway, uh, Hold on. So I said, uh, Tori Smith and his wife paid the adoption fees for 46 animals at a Baltimore animal shelter. So my question to you is, can the 28-year-old still run fast? I guess, referring to Tori Smith, <laughs> as he was still fast. Couldn't really think of anything there. All right, this is uh, this is probably my... Actually, this, this one's kind of crazy, because um, this guy played literally a game last night. Uh, Kyle Lowry says he'll enter free agency this offseason. Pronto can offer him five years, $205 million, and any other team will be able to offer him four years, $152 million max. Where will he play next year? Not sure if he resigned with Toronto or not after uh, 2017. Um, I think he, he did. did. Yeah, he did. Okay, I took that money. 
All right, now here's my favorite one because this this came back up in the news fairly recently. I don't know if you saw it or not. Um, so apparently, I'm not sure the date that this was this was released, but uh, remember when Levar Ball was selling the big baller brand shoes? Yep. Uh, so there were Lonzo shoes, and they were $495 a pair. And at the time, at least of May 8th, 2017, only 300 pairs had been sold worldwide. So I assume that was not what they were expecting. Uh, now, they came back up in the news. Did you say it that? Um, I think it was, was it, where, where's Lonzo now? Lakers? Or was it Bulls Dockers? It was. No, he's with the Bulls now. At the so, time, he was with the Lakers, yeah. So, at the, okay. So it was either Bulls Dockers or Lakers Dockers. I can't remember who said that that his career probably is over because of injuries caused from wearing bad sneakers oh my god which were the big baller brand shoes and i thought it was a joke well did he wear those i thought he only wore those like the first year and then he He carried them apparently they were really really shitty sneakers um yeah i i i I don't know i i i thought that was uh, kind of funny that they were five hundred dollars a pair six years ago (laughs) um not not a lot of other interesting ones uh from this episode we we talked about uh uh, we talked about if the if a Cavs Warriors finals was inevitable. I assume it was probably around the start of the NBA playoffs. And I believe I think that's Cavs probably going in. That's probably at like the beginning. Yeah, that's yeah, probably like that's probably going to their fourth one, I guess. Fourth in yeah. a row. Yep. Um, I, I have this one, which I, I don't remember at all. Uh, a player from from or a player for I guess there was some sort of like world hockey championship going on or something. Uh, a player. This is how I wrote the question. A player for Slovenia tried to decapitate a Swiss opponent in the world championships by swinging his leg in his opponent's neck direction as he entered the bench. Uh, he was only suspended two games. Is that too lenient? <laughs> trying to kill somebody through skate. Uh, yeah, so that was a, that was a fun trip down memory lane. I'm, I'm going to keep digging it. Oh, and then I also have some bets, um, which I should go back and look at. I had a San Antonio minus five uh, against uh, Houston. I had the Rangers minus 170 against the Senators. Uh, I had Anaheim minus 116 against Edmonton. Um, and I had uh, Boston minus four and a half. Uh, I think they were playing the Wizards. It looks like Washington is what I wrote there. Um, so yeah, that, that was a chain train from 2017. I want to look for more of these and see if we can. Okay, so back. <laughs> I was trying to find my show notes for the same episode. I could not dig them up, but I do have one while we're doing oh, this boy. walk down memory lane. From May 29th of 2017, so it was okay. uh, probably just two weeks later. weeks later. And we, at the time, were doing a segment called Shawnee's Believe It or Not. So <laughs> when we were recording this, we had another roommate, and he was not a, a sports fan. So what we what I, what I did was I took three stories from the news, um, and I forget if two of them are made up or one of them is made up, and he had to guess which one was true or not. So... Uh, the first one, Matt Harvey, pitcher for the New York Mets, <laughs> fell into a bout of depression when he learned that his love interest, model Adriana Lima, attended the Met Gala with former boyfriend Julian Edelman of the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. His depression led to an alcohol avenger in which he missed his scheduled start for a game in Atlanta. The Mets suspended and fined him for his actions. So that's one. The second is... I'm going to say that is true. Uh, yeah, so that was true. The second... <laughs> Johnny Manziel returned to the NFL. Johnny Manziel's return to the NFL is met with skepticism around the league, as many players and staff don't believe he deserves another chance. Both Tim Couch and Jamarcus Russell, who are competing for the starting quarterback position of the <laughs> Raiders, publicly objected to teams signing of Manziel due to the media distraction. 
That is not true. <laughs> and lastly, uh, Tom Savage, QB of the Houston Texans, was quoted saying, I welcome the starting quarterback battle, which Deshaun Watson brings to the offseason. Watson was the Texans' first round of first round pick this year of the NFL draft out of Clemson. Savage went on to say, I enjoyed sitting next to Shawnee Morrow in grade school at St. Dots. I wish we stayed closer over the years. <laughs> you know, it is, it is funny that, uh, that there was just a good dude that went to high school with us who was competing with Deshaun Watson at one point to be a starting quarterback <laughs> of the Houston Texans. It's a weird, uh, weird thing. Um, yeah. I also, so I found, I did find one more and this was from May 11th. So I guess we did, or maybe I was just making notes on May 11th for a teacher show. Um, and then the only, the only thing I'll, I'll, I'll well, I had, I wrote three chain train things. And uh, I guess this was around the time Derek Jeter retired. And the, the only, so the, the second chain train question was hottest chick Jeter band question mark. <laughs> That's a fitting tribute for uh, the captain. And then um, I, I guess I, I had an idea for a segment. I don't know if you ever did it. <laughs> I called it. I call it crystal balls, ballsy predictions for the future of Philly sports. <laughs> we should get back. We should get back to that crystal balls. I know. Yeah. Uh, we had some, uh, like we had some great segment names back in the day. All right. That was fun. I got to dig more of that up. Uh, that was uh, a yeah, good trip down memory lane. It, it is, it is just, just insane. Like just, I mean, you're talking about Kyle Howard making $205 million and now he's just kind of like, you know, come up the bench for the heat and, you know, just like, obviously, you know, he's old, but, it just it's just so so different. Like when you look back on those things, like the yeah, the it was six that, years ago, know, he was signed a two hundred million dollar yeah. contract. Yeah, now Matt, six Matt, Matt Harvey, you know, Deshaun Watson pre, you know, everything. Like <laughs> just just those things that that happened that yeah, and you forget about. So let's uh, let's let's move in though to a couple things that are happening currently that we'll forget about in uh in six years. And uh, and one of those things is is Danny Briere is making moves, um, trading Ivan Provorov. So it was the three-team deal where Columbus ends up with Provorov and, and out of the deal, the Flyers, the Flyers end up with um it was, it was, I'm sorry, the trade involved Columbus and the Kings. So out of out of the deal, the Flyers uh end up with two players from the Kings. I'm sorry, I think they end up with three players from the Kings. One is uh, is currently a minor leaguer. Um and then they get uh the Blue Jackets pick, which is 22nd overall, which had belonged to the Kings prior, but in a prior deal they had um created that pick so they have the 22nd overall overall pick in the draft um and then they get uh they get two second round picks for uh for next year um and the players they get in the deal are cal peterson who's a, a backup goaltender uh king's defenseman sean walker and a, a prospect named I, I believe it's Elge brands um who i think was a second round pick if i if i remember what i read uh correctly so uh, a, a big return for for Provorov. um shane do you have any initial reaction to the trade yeah, I, I I do think that it at least indicates. I mean, Provorov's still a young guy, right? He's 26. He's been yeah. the number one defender on our team really since his rookie year when he's matched up with who was it, Andrew McDonald, right? So yeah. this guy's been our best defenseman for a long time, and he's he's been solid, right? I mean, he I, I don't think he's progressed to the to the point. I think many people had him compared to like a Drew Dowdy type in terms mm -hmm. of what he could become. And I think over the last two or three seasons, he hasn't really taken that next step forward to become a perennial all-star. Uh, I personally think he still can be. I don't know if it would be within Philadelphia. I do think a change of scenery would be good for him. So in terms of his career trajectory, I think it could only, only go up from here. Um, the Flyers, on the other hand, it, it at least gives me optimism 
into they're trying like they're trying to win again right they're 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 clearly taking a step even if it's a step step back to take a step forward it's a deep draft this year they pick up that number 22 there's still going to be plenty of other moves to be made and i think this is just the first uh first hatch drop yeah and, and i'm not i mean i have no like if i were a a columbus fan i, w- I would be pretty excited myself because yeah, I think I think Columbus is a little bit of a, a team that's you know getting ready to to win, and they're going to make a big push to win. They're they're going to hire Mike Babcock, and uh, I think when his contract's up with with they're officially up with with Toronto, so they'll be able to uh, kind of bring in a really experienced coach who's, who's won a lot of games, uh, especially with with Detroit. Um, and, and like you said, Program's still a young guy, and he's been a really good player. And you know, if you put him on a better team, I, and you're right, a change of scenery, I think would be. Uh, beneficial for him but i mean this is a guy who who just eats minutes i mean he's on the ice 30 minutes a game like the flyers and uh you know plays at a really high level he's a really smart player um and and i still think that there is the potential there to uh you know become that you know you mentioned drew dowdy or you know like the victor headman type that he he can be i mean he can be one of the best defensemen in hockey i think um I, you know i i don't i don't think that's to say that the flyers should have kept him because i don't think with the flyers he's going to progress to that um especially with, with what they're doing now uh, so that brings us to the, the next kind of rumor and the next trade that is being being floated. And uh, Danny Barrera said he's using all all ears for uh, uh, for inquiries regarding Carter Hart. Um, and it it looks like really the teams that are interested are, are Edmonton and Ottawa. Uh, Edmonton's his his hometown, which I think would be a uh, an interesting fit because you know Edmonton's a team with with you know, probably two of the five best players in the NHL and, and Connor McDavid and and Leon Drysidle, and they just know they can win a cup but they don't have a goaltender so i think that edmonton gives gives brayer and company an, an opportunity to you know kind of fleece them because they really need a good goaltender um before the window closes on on these superstar players they have um so i think that's an interesting option but again you know i, I think that if you keep carter hart uh he's going to give up a million goals this year because the defensive run of him is going to be horrendously bad uh, so you're stuck with him because you're not going to be able to trade him after 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 this year, I don't think. So I, I think that's a decision to be made. Is this guy going to be the goalie of the future, which I absolutely think he can be? Um, and and a young guy where you know you can build up your team to get to a point where okay, now you have an experienced Carter Hart. Uh, look, Sergey Borovsky is you know playing tonight in the Stanley Cup, and I, I feel like that guy played for the Flyers 25 years ago. So I think that you know these guys can can, can play a while, they can hang in there. Young guy, um, you forget how young these guys are sometimes. It's crazy at the NHL. Um, so what are your thoughts on, on Hart? Are you dealing him now to, to try to speed up the process of the rebuild? Or are you hanging on to him and saying, you know, this guy's still going to be really productive in three, four years when we're competing? Um, what are your initial thoughts there? If I was running the team, I would hang on to Hart. I think I think his talent oh, is, yeah. is, is just so far above any goalie that the Flyers have had. Um, in recent years, we have him in the system. I mean, Bobrovsky is probably the next closest, uh, you know, goalie that that I can think of. I, I think bringing in Peterson's actually quite an interesting move. And I know it's it's a temporary thing. It's one year, five million dollar deal. There's still the option for the Flyers to either, you know, retain Peterson as our goalie and and, and move Hart, or um, they can just almost have a timeshare. And I think one of you know this is probably the first time in Hart's career that he's actually had competition and not that Peterson is a better goalie or would take away like mm-hmm. the true starting minutes, but even that internal competition of another young guy in there who are pushing each other, Hart's always had more of that journeyman type goalie. That's, you know, toward their end of their career, they can come in, they can, you know, uh, 
play as a backup during injury, and then they can, you know, every fourth or fifth night get, give give him a night off. So having another young guy just to drive some internal competition, I think that's going to do wonders for him from a from a development perspective. Now you did talk about the 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 defense, right? So he's been playing behind a bad defense for the past two years, which is why his numbers are not as good as they were earlier on in his career. Uh, Breer, one of the things that he said during his press conference, I'm not sure if you listened to it, which I found really interesting. And this is not, not so much about heart, but just more about the direction of the flyers. Uh, one of the, one of the journalists had asked him about the defenseman, Sean Walker, and, and was asking him like, have you seen this guy play? And it's one of, it was one of the more candid answers that I've heard from a GM. And it was like. It just gave me optimism for for where they are and where they're going. Breer actually answered it and said, "No, I haven't seen him play." Um, but what oh, I did yeah. was our our scouts have seen him play, yeah. and I trusted their judgment. And we decided to make the move. He said, "I'm I'm going to watch him play, but I haven't yet." And I feel like most GMs would just go up there and give that same like BS answer, like, "Yeah, he's 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 a real t- talented young guy." Like that just staged answer. And maybe Breer will develop that as like you know just to if he gets caught one time like saying the wrong thing but i actually just i I like the honesty about it and i I like that he wasn't trying to take all the glory for making this trade he was saying like it was truly a team effort behind the scenes and um honestly it's just so refreshing to have someone who who uh, can go out there and give candid answers like that as opposed to you know fletcher who over the past four years just you know hasn't didn't seem like he knew what he was doing yeah, it, 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 it's it's a breath of fresh air. And the one thing where, you know, I mean, I just I don't want to I don't want to, you know, play Monday morning quarterback. But, you know, maybe if 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 these moves had been made um, in terms of changing the general manager and kind of the direction of the, the Flyers altogether before last season. Oh, absolutely. Um, it should have you been. Know, and then, you know, maybe you're talking about you already traded for Overov, you already traded Hart, you're the worst team in the NHL, and you're sitting here with the first pick and getting Connor Bedard and changing your franchise immediately. Yeah, I don't want to I mean, that, look that, back in that. That's what they that, should have done. I that's mean, what they should have done. And even, got, even going back to the Tortorella hire, that was a bad hire because Tortorella's not a rebuilding coach. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah, type he's that's going to try and get the best out of the guys. And yeah, yeah. he did that for a year, and that's why they won more games than they should have. But in a year where there's a Connor Bedard type of player i mean he just he swept through all the awards he's the only person to ever win all three awards uh at the at the amateur level so to do that and have him come out as number one and for the flyers to not be in a position to even get him in the lottery it's really disappointing that we're we're one year late because i think going into last year everyone knew that was not going to be the flyers year so um really disappointing to see that and um you know one year late on this rebuild at least but but better, better now than than uh, in another year. Yeah, and before just quickly before we move on 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 Hart, I, you know, I think that you're obviously looking for if you're if you're going to move him um, a first round pick this year. So you're looking to take a third first round pick this year. Um, and you know, would it be funny to trip the goalie with that pick? Like, I, I think that the Flyers they they do have they don't have Connor Bedard, um, but their their top prospect is 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 uh, Cutter Gauthier. I believe that's how you say the last name from Boston College, who uh, made a real name for himself in playing for Team USA and whatever the the tournament is called. I I, I kind of forget, but he was scoring goals left and right. He looks like a really, uh, really, really top of the line player. Um, 
So I, I think that there are players, and then, and that's guys that we we know. Um, uh, a guy like a uh, uh, guy like Wade Allison, you know, for example, Tyson Forster, guys who uh, you know have, have have been around, kind of you know played with the Flyers for a little bit. Ronnie Atar, Noah Cates, um, guys like that that you know we, we know, and you know there's there's certainly um, some upside with with a lot of those guys. But I think that that having a guy like Gautier makes things a little bit easier. Like when the Phillies and baseball is so different, obviously, because you you really are investing in you know. You're taking a 16 year old kid out of high school, you know, and you, you know, is pitching against, uh, you know, you know, Jesus Christian Academy or whatever. Hmm. Um, in, in hockey, there, there, there are the young guys who, who make the jump, but, um, you know, the Phillies just never had prospects. Like they just never had anything to, to go back into the farm system. I think the Flyers do have some interesting, you know, guys there where they might, you know, might at the end of the day say, unless the offer is just out, out of this world for heart, we hang on to this guy because, because this guy is the type of franchise goaltender. Um, that, that can win you a Stanley Cup eventually. Uh, and, and we have, you know, we have some reinforcements coming. So we don't necessarily need to, you know, to find our, you know, three top line centers in, in one draft or something like that. So yeah. I, I think there, I think there is is a strong case to be made for keeping Hart at the same time. If they trade him for the right, right deal, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be mad about it because this is a, this is a rebuild. They've, they've announced it. it is a rebuild. And that, that seems to align with what Breer's comments were. He said, you know, there's a lot of, players that we want to see what we have and bring these guys up and give them a chance. And he said, some nights our defense is, it's not going to look good. And he was, he was honest about it. Some nights it's just not going to work and it's not going to look good, but we need to see what we have. And I think that's, that's the right approach. Let's, uh, you know, toss these guys into the fire and see which ones can, um, can really stand out and and make a name for themselves. Yeah. I think this will, this will be, uh, uh, you know, maybe a couple tough years, but I, I do think the Flyers are at least headed in the right direction. It feels like a just a breath of fresh air. Place your bets. More news coming out of Philadelphia. The 76ers have hired Nick Nurse as the next head coach. What are your initial thoughts on this hire, Joe? Um, yeah, so well, I was at, a, I think it was Memorial Day, Monday, I think it was Memorial Day, actually, uh, when he was, when he it was announced that he, he, he was going to become the Sixers head coach. And uh, I was at a barbecue and, you know, somebody gets on their phone and I'm standing with a group of people. And um, I think the general consensus was, all right, it's, you know, it's safe. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I call it, I call it, you know, last time we recorded, I, I think it's a square hire. I think it's a, it, it, it's, it's a boring hire. Um, and that's nothing against Nick Nurse. I, I think that, you know, the, the, the two options were, do we swing for the fences and, and draft, you know, a, a really unique candidate that, that is going to be boom or bust, or do we take the safe guy because we think we're really close to winning an NBA championship. And I think that that Maury just said, you know, we're really close to winning an NBA championship. We're going to, we're going to uh, limit the risk we take in this hire. And we're going to take, take a guy who has, has shown that he's um, capable of winning an NBA championship and, and well-respected coach around the league. So that's what they get in nurse, um, you know, his opening remarks really focused on defense. Every question he got asked um, in, in his, in his initial press conference, he, he would turn about defense, you know, uh, talk about Tyrese Maxey. How does he take the next step forward? Um, and the answer is, you know, it starts on defense. Uh, Joel Embiid, you know, you had, you had the MVP. Um, you know, what, what will you do differently to open open up his game offensively? Well, Embiid's a great defense player. So he he brings everything back to the defense. And I think that's seems to be where he's going to start trying to make, make the adjustments. Because as it stands right now, you have a really good offensive team. And obviously the team is going to look a hell of a lot different when when we when we start the season, you know, you're you're uh, potentially not going to have games hard, and you're potentially you're probably not going to have to buy Harris. Um, so I, I think it looks it's going to look a lot different. But I, but I think that 
uh, nurse is a safe hire. That's not to say I don't I don't like him. I thought that his comments were were sound in the press conference. Um, and and I do think that if if you can get this team to defend night in night out, which is going to be a Herculean task because these are not guys who love defending, um, then, then I think that you really do have something something going here. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I, you know, it, it's I, I, my my prediction for next season is they finish third and lose in the second round. <laughs> like I just don't see it going really any other way, uh, pending the moves that are that are made this offseason. Uh, what, what do you think? I actually like the hire. I, I like it more so than the other big name candidates that were available. The the Budenholzers oh, I, I agree with that, of, of all sure. those guys. Yes. My, I think I think that this was the guy that they they should have um, they should have hired, and I'm glad they did. Uh, it's also great to see that that. Now we don't know exactly what other offers he he received, but you know when you have a chance to coach guys like Devin Booker and and Kevin Durant, and you choose Joel Embiid instead, um, you know it, it. He talked a lot in his press conference about it not being, uh, you know, he not making the decision based on the players, but based on his relationship with Maury and and ownership and and seeing where where they were. It seemed more of a stable environment. Uh, however, you know his comments about. Maxi were were very interesting. I think you know talking about his skill on the offensive end of just you know the challenge of trying to stop him, um, but really going back to the defense and and seeing you know how do you get a guy who's a smaller type guard to become a defender? Now he's done that with you know not that Fred Van Fleet is an amazing defender, but he he does give effort on the defensive end. Kyle, Kyle Lauer, yeah, another guy, Lauer's not, not a tall yeah. defender, right. but he does other things that help the team on on defense. And I could I could be way off here because I because I I took note of that that question as well. Maxie's bigger than Lowry and Van Vliet, right? Maxie, I, I know he's bigger than Van Vliet. I'm not sure about about Lowry. He, he feels a lot longer than Lowry, at least. Mm-hmm. And and I, I mean I think that so I think yeah. So you know I'll let you continue where I think you're headed, but the defensive possibilities for for Maxie I think are interesting. Where you know you're not saying well we've got to play Melton here because you know Maxie's not going to be able to defend this guy. I think that you can get him. I think he has the the attributes to be be a pretty good defender. Hey, and watching Maxi last year, he tried on the defensive end. Yeah, there were games where he, he was he was he yeah. moves his feet. He he yeah. tries to get up in guys' uh, grill. He it's not like he's a zero defense. He he truly mm. is trying to compete on the defensive yeah. oh, end. Yeah. He has the quickness to to catch up if he if he gets beat. Some of the footwork stuff, I think he could work on, right? Um, making sure they turn his hips at the right time to to not let guys buy him. But he, that um, you a know, lot to him, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and as as I see that, obviously his coaches are seeing that and they know how to teach him and coach him up to to address that. So I think it's again, he's he's still a young guy. I think it's really just trying to take that next step from being a up and coming guy to being an all star, right? He needs to take that next step and. As I hear Maury's comments during that press conference, it really comes down to you know who's going to be on the team. They have they have nine free agents, um, whether restricted or not. Some are, are obviously uh, going, like Montrezl Howard. He's going to opt into his contract. The Sixers don't really have any uh, options there. However, you you're clearing up a lot of just positions, right? You're clearing up a lot of just yeah. uh, uh, space and and and. Um, and guys like Shake Milton, you know, I, I don't expect him to be back. But a guy like George Niang, you you, you might want to resign yeah. him. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what Maury does, and it all starts with Harden and, and the decision on on whether or not he's coming back or not. Yeah, it's all um, well, two things. Uh, first, with 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 Harold, it's somebody's telling me it's, it's kind of funny. He 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 would make more getting the veteran exception 
with another team, but who's going to sign him? So he yeah. could put himself out there, but possibly just make zero dollars. So yeah. it's kind of kind of a weird weird thing. Um, and and then and then secondly on uh on Harden, um, I saw a report that uh the Suns uh, looks like they're going to kind of separate with Chris Paul. Um, and somebody said to keep an eye on Harden to, to Phoenix. Um, I, it sounds odd to me. It, it seemed like he was really just between Philly and Houston. Um, and then I think it just depends for him, you know, do I want to win a championship or do I want to get back to the city that I really love? Because I don't think Houston's going to, well, maybe, you know, if he takes a four-year deal there, maybe the fourth year of his contract will compete for a title. But, you know, that, that's a big if. Um, or, yeah. maybe, you know, maybe. Um so it's it's got it's got to be it's got to be tough for for Harden. Um, I, I think I would like to have him back. For, Harden's what thirty three, thirty three. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance he does he just does a one one again? Well, I was thinking that, but I mean, it. it, it I don't know. I, no, you know, no, no, I don't think so because I, I honestly I believe that th- there have been some conversations, and the Sixers are probably saying we'll give you three years for. 120 million or something like that. We're not going to give you four years, you know, to max. Um, so I, I, I think that I don't think that it's going to be a one year deal for for him, but um, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe he does. I, 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 I had that thought as well. I haven't really bonded too much, but yeah, that definitely crossed my mind. Is that something that that, that could potentially work out? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's talking about, about going back to Houston. It, it's also interesting that, you know, the thought has crossed my mind that Harden is just using that cap room in Houston, a city that everyone knows he loves to his advantage to try and get the Sixers to match because there is a team out there that, that yeah. probably would sign him and that he wants to go to that has a cap room to sign him. Cause there's not many teams that do have that cap room right. um, ex- because most of those teams are bad teams. However, because Houston's one of those bad teams and, and right. he likes it there, right. it, it does, you know, put a little bit more pressure on, on the Sixers. Um, yeah. If, if say Harden, Harden does not sign is, is there any, um, any interest in looking at a guy like Chris Paul? Yeah, you know, I think that I, I would have I would have no problem, really no problem with that. Um, Chris Paul is not baggy shorts, Norland Pelican, Chris Paul. Though. People have to have to really understand understand that. Um, but I think that he's still a guy who I, I think I think would I think he would fit fairly well into what Nurse is trying to do um, because I, you know, at the end of the day, I. I I think that, that 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 guy would be the exception, but I think that we're going to be looking at a lot of defensive, a lot of players that can not superstar players, but role guys who can improve the defense. I think I think that's the direction they're going to go, especially if they, um, you know, can can trade Harris. That might, you know, that probably would would yield a guy like Heald, um, to, to, to be honest. But I think that outside of that, I think they're really going to look for for defensive minded minded players. So. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I just hate bringing on a bunch of just old guys who have passed their prime. Yeah, it's just, it's not something that I love, but I, I do think that Paul would be, you know, a decent guy to have for, have, have for a year. Um, you know, because then you're talking about, hey, this is this is Max Cena B show. So yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that's that's what that's what just pairs me with with Harden. Like, the guy played really really well this past season. I mean, he yeah, the did. best he, playoffs. I mean, he sort of redeemed he, his whole he just his legacy in terms of his playoff ability. Yeah. Right? He had some big games in the playoffs, yeah. which he had not done in the past. And yeah. um, not just big games, but, you know, the, the best player on the floor for, for either team. It was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're 
probably better off with him, but I think that there's a lot of, there's just going to be a lot of moving parts. I think, I think the team could look similar uh, to last year or could look way different. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, it's, there's, there's so much work to be done. So I'm glad that they were able to, uh, uh, to, to, you know, finalize the coach when they did and, and get to work now. Sticking with the NBA, we have the NBA Finals going to Game 4 right now. The Nuggets are up 2-1 on the Heat, coming off a, a big win Wednesday night uh, in Miami. Joe, did you catch that game? Yeah, I don't know how many turnovers the Heat ended with. They had one in the first half, um, and I didn't notice a lot a lot more. And, you know, I always I always say, like, the team, and I pick my NCAA tournament brackets this way, just you need to take care of the ball typically win not when you don't make any shots and not when you get out rebounded by like 30 which which they did um so th- those things you know factored in of course but the nuggets just showed they they just had the more talented group last night they were um just just i mean to a man better Jokic, phenomenal the wall married incredible uh yeah christian brown <laughs> you know i had a, a big game um looks like they're in, they're in good shape with with that guy um so yeah i mean they just they just have really really good players on, on that team i, I mean that's a, such a tough, uh, tough matchup. And then the chess match, um, you know, in game two, the Heat, the Heat win by basically limiting uh, Jokic's creation uh, ability. Uh, they let him score, I think, 40 points or 41 points. He finished with four assists. And they just said, all right, like, knock yourself out. You can beat us with your, you know, insane circus shots. Uh, please, please be our guest. But you're not going to create for, for other guys. You're not going to make other guys better in this game. And they, were, they had a lot of success with that. And then Mike Malone to counter it, uh, you know, you just have guys, I mean, they were just running, running in circles the entire game. I mean, they really just matched what, what Miami likes to do. And, and it's, um, it's kind of, you know, just, just, just run offense, but you're really running teams into the ground. And they had a lot of movement, um, you know, guys moving without the ball, which, which uh, created some confusion, some lapses by, uh, by the heat. So I think that, you know, a Spolster wins a chess match in, in game two and, and then Malone counters in, in game three. I don't, you know, I, I would be shocked at this point if the Heat do win, uh, win, win the series. I, I probably would have been surprised at the beginning as well. Um, but, but now we'll see what Spolstra does to counter. But I think you might just be, you know, you might just be in a, in a tough spot where, like, I'm doing the best I can. But these guys have so many weapons. Yeah, they they really do, and it's it's interesting. The you know after game two, that's the strategy that I would have I I, I would have expected Spolstra to go with to say, okay, just. Yeah, you don't think Jokic doesn't want to shoot the ball thirty times a game, and they force him to. Now, how Malone countered was really interesting, though, because he didn't do anything that's too crazy. He he just ran a pick and roll. It was a yeah. Mary Jokic pick and roll. These guys combined for forty three shots, right? And then they each went to the foul line another eight times each. So yeah. between all that, I mean, Porter seven shots, Gordon ten shots, and then the next closest, uh, you know five shots, four shots from the starters. So you, you think about like just simplifying the game to, to, to that extent and between those two and and their playmaking ability. And and when Mary's hot, he's, he's so difficult to defend. Yeah. They, they really simplified. So it's going to be interesting to see how Spolstra, as you mentioned, comes, comes down to try and stop this pick and roll. And do they try and force guys like, uh, like Michael Porter jr. To, you know, say if they if he we leave him open in the corner and he beats us on threes or Aaron Gordon. The thing that Aaron Gordon has done really well is he is one of the larger players in this in this uh series. So 
whenever someone's on him who should not be covering him, he's taking them right to the paint and they're looking for him. And I, I think that's a great strategy that they need to continue to, to deploy throughout the, throughout the rest of the series. Yeah. And I think your, your point of, all right, we're going to, we're going to try to force, you know, force the ball into, into Gordon Porter Jr. Now Mary and, and Jokic, you know, each have triple doubles again. They might be able to do that, but, but those guys can beat you too. They, they just have, they just have so many good players. Um, they have so much talent all over, all over the all over the floor. Uh, it's a really really tough tough matchup for for Miami, uh, but we'll see if they can hang in there. I mean, maybe they steal you know steal game four and then look at the best of three. So we'll see we'll see what happens. I expect them to come out and, and play uh, uh, play better than they did. And again, they didn't make any shots. Like they had open looks and they weren't they weren't going down. So I think you know that 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 changes things as well, and that changes on a game to game basis. If they make some some of those open looks, they might be in good shape. So we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, but it's, 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 a, it's a good finals. It's, it, it's, I'm enjoying this. What, uh, what's your prediction for game four? Oh man. Um, I will say, I want to say that Denver wins in a close game in game four. Yeah. I expect a this real, to be... a real rip your heart out. This is going to come down for to the heat. Yeah. You think what, uh, so, so you had a future in for, uh, the, you put it in a while ago for Miami. I did. Uh, what what are what are the what are the, uh, what, are the what are the cash outs uh, being offered now? All right. So this was I think it was you're, after you're game back. game two against Milwaukee. Uh, I put um, a future in. It was a thirty dollar bet to win two thousand dollars on the Heat to win the championship. Uh, going into the finals, the cash out I think was like two hundred dollars, and then after game one, it went down to about a uh, hundred dollars. And then after game two, it jumped up to, I think it was four fifty, And I was, I was considering that I was going to try and hope that the heat could steal game three and then hedge out from there, but that did not happen. So, um, I am hoping for, for a heat victory and, uh, I'm going to start to, uh, try and try and hedge it, hedge it out a little bit to, uh, to make a little bit of money on this, uh, on this series. Good luck. Place your bets. For Joseph Manera, I'm Shane Curran. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, and always bet on yourself. Philly and the Over is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?